Hi, everyone. Welcome to week three of Rewire to Love. I hope you've been enjoying the practice as we've been unfolding aspects of ourselves to rebuild a new foundation and how that might impact how we relate to ourselves as well as others. Some of those blocks around our heart, and you might have even attended the Healing Our Inner Crumbs where we really went in side self to look at the aspect of our heart and potential walls around that space. And I'm going to talk more about the ego today. But before I get into discussing some of that, I want to talk a little bit about reciprocity. When we are doing, when we're being, when we're giving, maybe we're volunteering, maybe we've held a door open for someone, maybe we're just sharing a kind word. Reciprocity is about the giving and receiving, how it's at this equal exchange. We want to try to do it in a way that there's no agenda there. That's just the nature of flow, reciprocity, not I want to attach to, if I do this, I will receive something. It's going to flow in its natural form, maybe not in that exact moment, but it's about the giving and receiving of where we're at, what we're putting out there vibrationally, as well as then what we're receiving. And I do want to expand on that a bit uh, in terms of energy or spirituality or whatever language you would like to call it or maybe it has different language in something you're already familiar with. But when we look at reciprocity and you expand it out beyond the exchange of you and another person, and we go further beyond out into the cosmos, sacred reciprocity is how as a collective, where we are at vibrationally and what we put up in terms of energy. So are we in this collective giving, caring, receiving compassion, empathy, the human condition, non-judgment, non-attachment, non-comparison. How are we as a collective, if you think about like showering, you know, are we showering that vibration up so that it can shower then down upon us from sacred energy, cosmos, again, whatever language resonates for you. So there's the reciprocity in our human form, and then there's sacred reciprocity what are we as a collective pushing up to get showered down upon us? And it's how, you know, when we are changing, when we are growing, evolving, and learning aspects of ourselves, maybe picking up those wellness tools that we never heard before. We just didn't know. Our family didn't know. Maybe we were never taught about what to do with emotion, etc. But every aspect of ourselves that we heal and change, it, it flows out it changes all around us. Even that intergenerational imprinting, it goes both directions of, of what it changes, even within genetic coding and DNA. And I'm not going to get into all that. This is just such a short little thing to and just put out there the awareness, reciprocity, the giving, receiving of kindness. It's not about an agenda or an attachment, but it does have a flow of what it what it brings into ourselves, into the collective, and what the collective energy brings down from sacred reciprocity. Let's now move on to the ego. The ego is something so present within us, within society. It's what commercialism thrives off of. You know, think about it. If everyone was just in their true nature of genuine love for self and others, you know, what would happen to commercialism, to competition, comparison, and all the agenda that is behind that and what it kind of teaches us. When we're thinking of what's our driver, are we in the ego driver or are we allowing our soul to be the driver? I'm just going to point out some kind of key words or key 
concepts, if you would, that will help you to that slow down, that where am I at, the awareness. When we think of ego, certainly about the judgment, but you can think of concepts, ideas that divide that will be in the ego versus the soul would be oneness, kind of like I was just speaking about with sacred reciprocity. Ego is divide, judgment, comparison, control. The soul is going to be about oneness, compassion, empathy, unity, divide, connection, control, unity. So many things can fall in those categories, but they're good like baselines, if you would, just to to kind of gauge where you're at when you're slowing down. Is my ego driving or is my soul driving? How do I get more into soul? And the things that we're building, the things we're doing, slowing down, recognizing, hearing ourselves in here and what's coming out of our mouth, but also how we're collecting, how we're communicating, how we're digesting. And if you let yourself, am I dividing? Am I unifying? It can help you to recognize, am I an ego driver? or soul driver, be mindful that judgment expectation is different than boundaries. We can be in soul driver and have healthy boundaries. That's where healthy boundaries lie is when our soul isn't driving force. It can just get kind of misguided sometimes when we are thinking that we might be in soul driver, but our ego slips in. And I'll kind of give you some more examples. But some of it is the stuff we've been talking about, the always, never, evers, the shoulds, coulds, woulds, those comparisons, you know, are we comparing and comparing ourselves to everyone and everything around us? Are we comparing others to others? Are we holding on to our agenda? So all of these different areas can help us to see ego or soul. Some other things to pull apart in the awareness, just so that you can be aware, again, as you're starting to notice and recognize how you are with self and others, they are related to old habits or beliefs maybe prejudice or stereotypes that we've held on to. And maybe we didn't even really recognize that we had, or maybe we didn't even know they were wrong. And that comes back to the generational imprinting. Sometimes mindsets, belief systems are passed down and passed down or stereotypes or prejudice or hatred or our divide that when we slow down, we can start to recognize like, wait, ego, divide, soul, unity. Where am I at? Who's driving? And as I mentioned, I believe it was last week, somewhere along the line, somewhere in the path of a generation, there is a soul, a human who comes along to change the script. And just the nature that you're a part of this is a good indication that that's you in your family line. So even if there's deep-rooted prejudice, beliefs, or stereotypes, you're here to change it. Another area to just be aware of and be on the lookout for as you're, again, slowing down, trying to kind of notice and be aware, is the miscategorization or flipping. A big common one with miscategorization is people will put in that they're worrying but they're judging. In areas this can come out in is homelessness and addiction. Individuals will have mindsets around it, a protection around the judgment aspect of it that they tell themselves, well, I'm just worried. But if you slow it down and you listen to the language and you hear the thinking, it can be judgment versus worry. 
So slow it down, just notice. The more you notice, once you're aware, then you can break the cycle. So notice if you're potentially miscategorizing worry as worry when it might be judgment. Another kind of miscategorize or flipping is when we mislabel or judge emotion or just not even mislabel, just label, I guess, in general here with this one. It would be things like if someone is having an emotional experience. Maybe they are crying or they set a boundary where they say, you know, I don't really like when you speak to me that way, or, you know, the way that you're being really sarcastic is very hurtful. It's kind of passive aggressive, whatever it is, they're setting a boundary. And sometimes it could be said back, well, you're too sensitive, or maybe someone's crying and you're like, oh, you're too sensitive. Another one is uh, if someone is worrying about something and the expression, I'm feeling really anxious about this, get over it. You're going to be fine. Well, maybe they will be fine, but it's it's not really kind of holding the space in a way of non-judgment. It's just kind of pushing, pushing agenda instead of holding that space. So miscategorization or flipping Uh, that labeling of your own emotional experience. So telling yourself maybe like I'm being too sensitive or someone else's experience. Those are some other areas to be on the lookout for. One last thing I want to talk about here before I share the tools for the week. It also has to do with some of that generational learning and imprinting and also just what we learn in society or through our own experiences that maybe we have been in in relationship dynamics. And that is the auto cycles or patterns we can get in with our communication styles and also the way that we love. The communication styles, I'm not going to talk too much about, but just knowing that how we communicate sometimes can also kind of be a bit of a habit. I mentioned just a moment ago about passive aggressive. It's often labeled as sarcasm. Sarcasm is passive aggressive communication. Uh, And I'll use that as an example just because of I can use it as a personal example. Uh, where I grew up and my family, we use a lot of passive aggressive communication, call it sarcasm. I had to train myself for a really long time to not have that as something I would regularly use. It's still there, it still likes to come out. It can be very habitual because that's just like the culture, it's the community, it's like the vibe of everything that was around where I grew up for the most part. There's lots of love there too, don't get me wrong, in, in where. I was raised, but it's just a bit of that culture uh, of just how people talk. And so it can be kind of passed down. And then when I moved here, uh, so I am still in Pennsylvania. I grew up about 30 miles or so outside of the Philadelphia area. And now I live in central Pennsylvania, which is a lot different. It's a lot different than outside of, um, you know, the Philadelphia area. It's kind of mountainy here, lots of farms and things like that. And when I first moved here, that type of sarcasm, passive aggressive communication, people don't really talk like that here as their kind of baseline. So it helped me adjust too to realize like, oh, wait, this is really different. But we can have ways that we communicate. That would be one example. Or we might have ways of communicating through anger. And that's all that heart-space stuff. It's how are we blocking our own heart, our own genuine, authentic self and putting blocks or pushing away. A thing about communication styles, so I don't want to get too off track there, but just know that sometimes the way we communicate can also be things that we just learned or 
uh, walls or kind of the bags that we're kind of carrying around around our heart space until we slow down and start to plan something new there like we've been doing. One last area is about that love part that I talked about. How do you love? How do you experience love? And where the heck did that come from? It's often also things we learned, how we were loved growing up, how we weren't loved growing up, how we were loved in relationships, how we weren't loved in relationships, how we love ourselves, how we don't love ourselves. But it again, can be learned through all those different ways, all those different areas, and it impacts how we show up and how we feel how we express and what we put out there, how we receive love as well. There is a great book. It's by Gary Chapman. It's the five love languages. He's a a therapist as well. And he talks about what he learned in his experience as being a therapist, but also the love languages that came to be through this experience. So there's five. If you're interested, you can, I think it's like on free, you can Google it uh, to take the quiz. And they are, I'm going to try to remember these from my brain. Uh, It is acts of service. So that would be like, oh, I'm going to clean the dishes up after dinner. Let me make you dinner and clean the dishes. Put them both out there, right? Uh, So acts of service, like doing something kind for someone else, giving gifts. So gift giving would be another love language. Uh, Words of affirmation. So saying kind words, sharing appreciation, collecting compliments. Those would be words of affirmation. Quality of time. Quality of time would be the other one. So not just like, let's both sit next to each other and stare at our cell phones the whole time. That's not quality of time. Sorry if that's something that you do with people, but that's not quality of time. Um, You're spending time together, but that's not going to fit into the quality of time category. Quality of time is about really being all in with the person, like spending that time with them, engaging, actively communicating, just being present with them in a quality way. And then the other is physical touch. Yes, that certainly includes sex, but it's also about intimacy, holding hands, cuddling, snuggling, back rubs, physical contact beyond just sex. So those are the five different languages of love. And we tend to all have one that is a little higher than others. And often if you're in a partnership with someone and you both have two different love languages, then we might not realize that we're being loved very fully by our partner. So it can be helpful to just know your love language. And when you understand it, you might kind of recognize where it comes from. I want to move on to the tools for today. I want to also say and remind you that the tools that you've learned so far, I do encourage you to continue to practice them. This is about a rewiring and reworking your system. If you were going to run a 5K, you would not just run that day or the day before. It's about retraining, reworking. We might've been stuck in these patterns for a long time. With that, let's add some more. We've been slowing down, thinking about language, understanding how we talk and how we speak, how we think, the impact it has on us, building our strength board. Maybe you've taken part in that experience or maybe you've just been trying to be mindful and tell yourself a strength each day. I also just mentioned about how we love or don't love where we block love, maybe we have bricks or walls or steel cage around our heart could be or look like a lot of different things. So over the next week, try to pay attention to how you love. What is your love language? And again, you can look up that quiz. I will also try to find a link and put it in the description box thing below for you. And I'll also put a link to that book in case you're interested. So thinking about how you love, paying attention, slowing down and noticing, also being mindful of that reciprocity, sacred reciprocity, the ego 
ego versus the soul driver. When we are soul driving, we're in oneness. When we are in oneness, it's about the collective. When we are in the collective, we are in sacred reciprocity. It all just maps together so beautifully. So noticing how you love, noticing if you are in the ego or the soul driver, sacred reciprocity, and then creating a daily habit of an exchange of love. This can be anything. This can be, I mentioned earlier, like holding the door open for someone, an act of kindness towards self or someone else and making it a daily habit. It could be your daily habit is every morning when you wake up before you get out of bed or afternoon or evening, whenever you're waking up, before you get up, physically moving, you tell yourself something that you're grateful for, or at night, or whenever you go to bed. I know people work different shifts or live different shifts, whatever, but whatever it is for you, you know, maybe that's when you have something that you tell yourself that you're grateful for. Maybe it's about each day trying to share some form of gratitude with someone else. It can be anything, but just trying to create a heart centered ritual, heart-centered ritual every day in your life. Think about how much time that will take you. It could take like five seconds. I mean, you have five seconds, I think. Heart-centered ritual, make it yours, whatever feels right for you. Another area is continuing to expand on the strength board. I have talked about generational imprinting in different ways. And think about the things we've talked about so far. They're kind of like scratchy, not really uh, maybe the most heart-centered. And so when you're thinking about strength, think about the generational strengths you also hold. Even if there's a lot of chaos and destruction in your family lineage, there is strength. You are here today. That means there is strength in your family lineage. You might have to seek, search, look behind corners but it is there. So also allow some of those, the things you admire, the strengths within your family lineage that you also can add. One last thing, this has to do with the affirmations and this is a little bit more about creating a pattern. What you're going to do is build up between now and next week. You're gonna start with just one minute in the morning, one minute in the afternoon, and one minute in the evening. So three minutes total throughout your day. Each time you will repeat an affirmation, just one affirmation. Whatever affirmation you choose, there is no right or wrong, whatever resonates for you. So you're going to choose an affirmation. And when that minute comes, you're going to repeat the affirmation. You can repeat it in your mind. You can say it out loud. You can say it in front of a mirror. It might not feel like it lands completely. You might feel like, I don't even know if I believe this. Continue the practice. So repeating the affirmation, one minute in the morning, one minute in the afternoon, one minute in the evening. You can also write it down if you would like to add a little more science to it, as you might notice, maybe not in the first week, but if you practice this you know, process and you continue with it, you will notice a bit of change in your handwriting because your vibration and your energy is changing and flowing. And then after you do that for a day, maybe you do that for two days, you're gonna to increase to then two minutes, two minutes in the morning, two minutes in the afternoon, two minutes in the evening. And you'll do that for maybe a day or two. And then you're going to increase to three minutes each time. So the goal is by the end to have nine minutes total in your day, nine minutes total. 
not a lot of time. You can collect those minutes somewhere, maybe where you're spending nine minutes on YouTube or social media or something. So it's three minutes in the morning, three in the afternoon, three in the evening, just one affirmation. After week one, I will remind you next week and encourage you to continue with this. Then you might add a second affirmation. But for week one, just start with one affirmation. Whatever one resonates with The thing to keep in mind with an affirmation is you want to have it as though it is already present, even if you do not believe it. So the I am is a great starter for any affirmation that you create. I hope that you find that information helpful and that you are continuing to enjoy this journey as you are rewiring your heart space to love. And as we do that, we assist with sacred reciprocity. Thank you so much. See you soon, my friends.